You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Now when he saw the clouds, he went up to the mountain and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be conformed. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is the reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep it open at Matthew 5, please. We're coming. Note that even people outside the church recognise passages within the Bible. Sometimes there's passages that actually stand out more than others. Psalm 23 is one of those passages. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. You knew that, didn't you? Of course you did. I've taken funerals and the people have said to me, you know, we don't want a religious funeral. I said, okay. Could you read, though, that passage that talks about God being a shepherd? Fascinating, isn't it? In fact, sometimes I find people who don't want religious funerals are ones who are more religious than those who are, who are Christian. But Psalm 23 stands out. And then John chapter 14 is a, a well-known passage that talks about when Jesus said to the disciples, you know what it is, don't you? In my Father's house are many mansions. And then he goes on into verse 6 that it's only through Jesus that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And then you have 1 Corinthians 13. Stephen mentioned about a wedding. I don't know if you read that passage. You did? I had a wedding last week and uh, they asked for that passage. 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about love and, and what love is all about. And then probably more so in the life of the church, Hebrews chapter 11 is, is a, a very important passage as well because it's a faith chapter. And it talks about the people who, who lived by faith. And, uh, and so those passages stand out. And, and Matthew chapter 5 through to chapter 7 is normally a well-known passage as well because that contains the, the Sermon on the Mount is what we call it. And Paul read to us those first 12 verses this morning and we'll be looking at what we call the, the Beatitudes this morning. We're going to start a series on those working through I'll be covering two today and then Stephen will be coming in and he'll be covering some and, and others will be sharing in the Beatitudes. Fascinating things that Jesus said. But I want you to try and picture Jesus. Last week, John shared with us, and you did a great job, John, last week as we looked at the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And the fascinating thing about that story is 
that Jesus had to tell the disciples what happened to him. You ever thought about that? I, 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 that just blows my mind. He had to come to the disciples and say, hey, listen, this is how I was tempted and this is how I overcame the temptation. And John shared with us last week. And then when Jesus came out of the wilderness, the Bible tells us that the angels ministered to him and then he began his public ministry. In the end of chapter 4 of Matthew, we find that he begins to preach and he's beginning to heal. And as we come into chapter 5, we find that, that Jesus goes up onto the mountain and he sits down and the disciples come to him and he begins to teach them. Very interesting that Jesus sat down. In that day, rabbis, teachers, had their followers around them, their disciples, if they wanted to teach them something, they would sit down and their disciples would gather around them standing. The exact opposite of what's happening here. I'm standing, you're sitting. But in that day, they would sit and the disciples would stand around them. And here the Bible tells us Jesus went up and he sat down and the disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he begins to teach them First of all, about who they are in God. And he starts what we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And there's nine of them in those verses there. We'll be looking at eight of them because the second one is, the last one is repeated twice. Eight Beatitudes or blessings that he gives. And I want us to, to think about that this morning. Blessed means happy. But it's not just an ordinary happiness. It's a happiness that's deep down inside. A happiness that, that God gives and that circumstances can't take it away. I mean, we all like to be happy, don't we? We, we like to enjoy life. You know, Stephen said how happy the wedding was over the weekend. I love going to Noosa on holidays. And one of the things that Judy and I always promise ourselves is to go down to the ice cream parlour and get an ice cream on a cone. Absolutely beautiful. Probably not good for this, but we love it. And this one day we went down, we were up at Noosa, and we went down and got our ice creams. And this little boy came up and, and his father brought him an ice cream. And you could see a smile from ear to ear. He was so happy. Ice cream all over his face as he was getting into it. And suddenly somebody knocked him and the ice cream went boom. That's exactly what he did. Oh. Happiness went out the window. He wasn't happy anymore. He had tears racing down his face. His father went and brought him another one, so he was happy again then. But happiness changes, doesn't it? In an instant, it can just change completely and totally. I remember a number of years ago, I went camping. I don't do it anymore, but I used to go camping. And uh, we camped down, further down the coast. And uh, we, had, we had borrowed a tent, rather an old tent, but it, it did the thing that we wanted. And we were there, and this one, on our last day, we, we noticed a little cloud coming out of the horizon. Just a little cloud. Within about two hours, the sky was black, and we had a mini cyclone. It just poured, and the wind got stronger and stronger, and our happiness went out the window because the tent just ripped through, collapsed, and here we were in the rain. 
and we quickly packed up and came home. We were not happy children and we were very wet children as well. Happiness changes, doesn't it? But Jesus says, happy are those. And look what he says in the first one. Happy are those who are poor. That seems a bit of a contradiction, doesn't it? How can you be happy when you're poor? So we need to look at what the poor means. Jesus is actually saying poor in spirit. He's not talking about people who are suffering and need help. He's not talking about the underprivileged. He's not talking about those who have to sleep in the back of their car because they've got nowhere to live or whatever. No, we as a church help those type of people. Every Friday morning we give out food parcels and people come in because they are underprivileged, they haven't got a job, they need food, and so we help them. So Jesus is not talking about that type of poorness. But he's talking about those who are poor in spirit. Now what does that really mean? What means that those who are poor in spirit are those who, who realise they are completely and dependent upon God. And they can't do anything to save themselves. And that's where we are, isn't it? We can't save ourselves. And Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor, who, who realise that, that they need a complete dependence upon God. They realise and recognise that they can't save themselves and they need him. A great example is found in Luke chapter 18. Would you like to turn over to Luke chapter 18? Jesus tells a parable and it fits in perfectly with what we're talking about today. Luke chapter 18 and verses 9 to 14. I'm not going to read it, but I'll tell you about it. Jesus is telling a parable. And he talks about a Pharisee and a publican who come down to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee is one of these people who loves himself. He loves hearing himself pray. Pharisees were very religious and thought that they had it all together and they didn't need to repent because they were God's chosen people and, and, and there they were. In fact, Pharisees would stop on the street corner and they would begin to pray out loud so people would walk by and admire the way that they expressed their, their, their feelings towards God. But Jesus said this guy, this Pharisee, came into the temple and he says, and he began to pray to himself. I think that's fascinating. <laughs> Didn't pray to God, he prayed to himself. And he begins to say, Lord, thank you, because I have never committed these ghastly sins. And he begins to rattle off some, some of the sins. And then he ends up by saying, and God, thank you that I'm not like that Pharisee over there. But the Pharisee only hit his chest and bowed his head and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, the publican who prayed that was more worthy than what the Pharisee was. You see, the, the publican came to the, the fact of knowing that he couldn't do anything. He needed God and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. And he asked for that. 
where the Pharisee said, well, you know, I don't need that. Look at me. I've got it all together. And Jesus was saying, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Those who know and need God. You know, Jesus, when he was talking uh, to the disciples in John chapter 15, and in verse 5 he says, you can do absolutely nothing without me. Being poor in spirit is knowing and recognising the fact that we can do absolutely nothing. I like verse 2 or verse 3 in, uh, in Matthew from the Message Bible. Let me read it from the Message Bible. This is verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. And it says, you're blessed when you're, end at, when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Isn't that good? When you come to the end of the rope and you're, you're desperate and you know that you can't do anything, you're blessed to God. Because now you're going to let me be God in your life. You know, we're talking about the Pharisee in a way that he prayed. I heard a, the story told of a guy who prayed a very selfish prayer. He got up and he used all the mighty words, Oh God, thank you. And I want you to bless my mother's only son, my wife's husband, and me. Sure. He prayed for himself and himself only. Work it out. All right. So when we come to the end of the line, of the rope, then we can depend upon God. Jesus then goes on to say in verse 4, Blessed or happy are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, it seems to be the opposite. By the way, each blessed that God gives here, Jesus gives the first one, being poor in spirit. The next one's going to be built on that and the next one built on that and so on. So it's going to build up together. They all work together. And Jesus said, Happy are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I read up on that and I thought, yes, that's strange, isn't it? But you see, Jesus isn't talking about those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Probably most of us have had some type of, of loss in our life. We've lost grandparents, maybe parents and, 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 and partners and this type of thing. So we know what grief is. And Jesus is not saying, happy are those who are mourning the grief of loved ones. That's not what he's saying at all. But what he is saying is that when you come to the end of the rope, when you realise you need complete dependence upon God, you suddenly realise that those sins are the things that affected God and you mourn because you have sinned against God. You see the difference? We're grieving because we have sinned and, and, and have come against God and, and we're so sorry about that. Happy are those who, who come to the place of being able to recognise that our sin is affecting God and we are really sorry about that. And then, therefore we are dependent upon God because we are now poor in spirit. All works together. Let me give you an illustration. Turn with me to Psalm 51. 
a, a, a very interesting illustration to bring that out. Psalm 51. This is King David. King David, as you know, had an affair with Bathsheba. And through that affair, he got Bathsheba pregnant. But she was married. And so he got her husband on the front line so he would be killed in battle. And then he took Bathsheba to be his wife. The prophet Nathan came to him and scolded him and said, God's not happy for what you have done. And so he repented of that. And this is part of his prayer in Psalm 51. He is mourning the fact that he failed God. And Jesus said, Blessed or happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is his prayer, verse 1 of 51 of Psalms. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Here he is, pouring out his heart, recognising that he had failed. And he asked God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's cleansing. And of course God heard that prayer. And when we're reading in 1 Kings chapter 18, we find words like this that God said. He said, David has followed me with all his heart and he did only what was right in my sight. That's interesting, isn't it? We know that David sinned. How then can God say that David walked with him all of his life? Because he asked for forgiveness. And God cleansed him and washed him. And so God could say he, he's cast his sin away. He said, David, walk with me all his life. Because he came and he mourned the fact that he had failed God and asked for that forgiveness and that cleansing. And that's what God does exactly for you and I today. Because of Jesus, we can come and as we accept him and he comes into our life, he gives us that happiness deep down inside so that no matter what happens, we can still be happy. We're not based on circumstances any longer. We now have his spirit living within us. And Jesus says, happy are those who, who are at the end of their rope, who have, who, are, um, who have come to that point of knowing total dependence upon God. And then he goes on to say, those who mourn, they shall be comforted. And then he continues on with the different other blessings or happiness. But you'll have to wait till next week to find out what the next one is. Because Steve's going to come up and share with us with those next week. But I want to give you a bit of homework. I love giving homework. I'd like you to go home and read through that passage. And think about what Jesus is saying. And how does that apply to you? You see, today he's saying, if we let him be God completely and totally, then we're going to see the kingdom of God. And in knowing and experiencing God, we suddenly realise that we have sinned and, and, and we grieve that, we mourn that. 
then God's going to come and comfort us. What a God we have, eh? What a God. Let's come before him in prayer. Let's bow in prayer. <coughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you for these blessings that Jesus taught on that mountain. Father, we thank you. He said we are happy if we come to the end of the road, when we are poor in spirit, because then we'll be able to see you more clearly. Because we get self out of the way and, and you reign supreme within our lives. And Father, we thank you that we are happy when, when we realise how we have failed and, and, and we're so sorry for what we've done, for what we said and, and for the way that we acted. That you come and you give us peace and calm. And Father, we thank you for, for the other blessings that we're going to be hearing about in the weeks to come. But today we ask, Lord, as we search our hearts, and Lord, we ask the question this morning, as you search our hearts, Lord, help us to, to be more and more dependent upon you. Help us, Lord, to, to let you be God in everything within our life, not just part of our lives, but in every part of our life. And Lord, those times that we fail, that we would realise and come and ask and be so sorrowful that we failed you. And Lord, we know then that you will meet us and you will forgive us and you will cleanse us. And we thank you for that. And so Lord, we commit ourselves to your hands and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.